Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we continue our series of conversations about the COVID emergency and its effect on Asbury Park, as we welcome Asbury Park's favorite hotelier, Ryan Jimenez, manager of the Hotel Tides, an Asbury Pod favorite and the only venue in Asbury Park which has the distinction of having thrown both Amy and I out, but not at the same time. Welcome, Ryan. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. July 21st, day 2000 of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And continuing with our um, how COVID has affected locals, local businesses, local nonprofits. And today uh, or tonight, we're with probably one of my favorite people in Asbury Park and certainly oh. one of my favorite places. Um, even though you did once kick me out when I brought my kid to the park, <laughs> that's all right. Um, and just so I know, that Amy, you should, uh, okay, I, I digress. I went right into <laughs> that. So we're going to talk to Ryan from the Tides. Um, Ryan, you have to tell us a little bit about yourself before I go into how many places have kicked me out because of my gift. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, first, I'd like to say thank you for inviting me. Uh, secondly, this is my first time ever on Zoom. I've never done this before, so ah, bear with me job. if I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you look amazing. Oh, thank you. I've been out <laughs> in the sun all day. <laughs> but I'm Ryan Jimenez. I'm the general manager over at the Hotel Tides um, for the last decade now. So that's And tell us, time. what is the Hotel Tide? We have actually... we joke all the time that we have seven listeners and we have seven listeners, although we also occasionally have over 200 listeners. Um, some of them, and by some of them, most of Joe's friends that live out of town, cause I don't know anyone probably that lives out of Jersey. Um, but you actually do know people who live out of Jersey who may not know um, what the tides is. Um, well, the Tides is, I consider it to be a mainstay. Um, it was originally one of like 300 hotels in town at some point. Uh, you're talking dating back to like 1890 when it was the St. Laurent. Uh, but it became the Hotel Tides uh, in 1940. And so it's been that way up until now and under this particular ownership and this management for the past 12 years. But we're a hotel. We're a restaurant, we're a bar, um, those aren't open yet, but we do have a pool as well. The pool, um, we do have a bar that's available out there that is open because it's outdoors right now. And fuck Corona. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, well, prior, and, and prior, um, prior to the, 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 um, uh, the lockdown, in the, what I'm referring to now is the before times, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, Tides was also an art gallery, right? You guys had a great, you know, you're uh, a display space for uh, local artists um, and and uh, live music. I've seen. Um, oh my God! What's that duo? The um, uh, that comes in place. No, not sisters. They're husband and wife. I think they're a jazz duo. Um, I can't think. Yes. Um, really, just uh, so they, you have a one of the more versatile uh, social spaces in Asbury Park in terms of just you know you have a fantastic restaurant uh, inside. Fantastic bar menu, fantastic bar. Um, and prior to me quitting drinking, I spent a good chunk of my money there. I was thinking, Amy, one day, you know, we should look to see my quitting drinking may have cost the brick wall and watermark about 20% of the revenues on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know what I did for tides also. But. Well, Joe, we have mocktails. Oh, yeah. I, and there's mocktails. always water. The water here is free. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't even know, Joe. So I know you obviously you quit drinking years ago because we drank together for years, but yeah. do you drink the mocktails? No, no, I just club soda. I'm a club soda person. You're like and a club I, soda guy. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. Fancy for you, Joe. We'll put it in a martini glass, make it nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah make I it will tell you to, to Ryan's point, when I was pregnant and obviously not drinking, but all of, you know, it, Asbury is a drinking town. So all of my friends were still drinking. I would put like a seltzer or Heather would make me some sort of mocktail in a martini glass. So I felt like I was drinking when everybody else was, but you know, like two seltzers and then being around people with two martinis, you very quickly learn that you are not drinking and you heard that story 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so it's just <laughs> easier for my me life. to go home. <laughs> That's my life every day, Amy. <laughs> and, oh, and so I should tell this story now that I'm just talking about pregnancies. I went to Tides and I think you're the joke of my announcement because I went to Tides and I was like, can I have a seltzer? And you're like, what? And I was like, I'll take a seltzer. And you're like, what? <laughs> and you then gave me the seltzer, but I think I announced my pregnancy shortly after that. So right, clearly, to clearly the something, for shaming me into announcing my pregnancy. Well. Something's, something's clearly gone wrong. She doesn't. Right? Know. Why is she ordering seltzer? <laughs> and, and, and honestly, you looked at me the first time I said seltzer like I had made a mistake. Like, uh, wait, what? Well, it so, just like, anyway. it like rolled off your tongue and it didn't make sense. I was like, I've been, I'd been practicing, her? Ryan. I've been practicing. <laughs> so you um, know our clientele joke. <laughs> so Tides is not only a bar and amazing restaurant and amazing hotel, but you also host a ton of um, fundraising activities for causes that are near and dear to you that I want to talk to you about. Um, as well. But so uh, Joe and I have been doing Asbury Pod for a, a little over a year now, but we've been spending from March until now reaching out to different um, factions affected by COVID, whether it's nonprofits, whether it's government, you know, freehold. We had Tommy Arnone on, we had um, uh, Senator Gopal on, but we also had the Asbury Park dinner table on, um, Russell Lewis and Bianca talking about how it's affected their their, both of their businesses, even though their businesses are wildly different, kind of both of their businesses. And uh, Joe's partner, Rita, who is a dear friend of mine as well, was like, you know, we, we should really talk about the hotels because um, I don't know that people know. Other, obviously, I'm friends with you. I see what you're posting. I know what you're going through. I know we text and I know we talk on the phone about what you're going through. But I don't know that other people know what you're going through um, via how COVID is affecting the hotels. Um, well, you know, it's funny because I always, people say, how is this affecting you? And I say the same way it's affecting you because I'm a person. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because I have a title doesn't give me some type of superpower. So I'm trying to push through and get things back on track with, well, also dealing with my own things. And God only knows if anybody listening or Amy knows, Joe doesn't, um, I, I live like a bachelor. Like, um, I have a Brita in my refrigerator at 44 years old, so I don't turn on my stove, I don't cook, I don't do anything like that. So this has been a process for me. Going to the grocery store, which I haven't seen since the 1980s, has been like the <laughs> biggest pain in the ass for me that I've ever imagined. You know, I'm lucky to be able to come to work at the number one place in Asbury Park every day, and I have a chef who just throws food in front of me. So mm. yeah, it's, it's been a challenge, uh, personally, and, you know, definitely business-wise, you know, but I'm not going to complain about that because, A, I'm surviving, and B, I'm not the only one going through it. Uh, but to your point, Amy, dealing, we do a lot of fundraising here because I made that a point to be able to do that if I ever was able to in an establishment. And Asbury Park has been the perfect place for that. So we do a ton of fundraising um, every year. And since this has started, um, I've had to cancel four different events uh, where we raise money for different charities. And that's probably been the most heartbreaking of all of us. Yeah, I think that's what we, we had covered that with, um, 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 with some other guests about the, the, the struggle for nonprofits to maintain their revenue stream as well. So not only businesses, but, you know, things that rely on donations uh, also need assistance. And, you know, if nobody's making an income, then they also not donating. So it's, it was a downstream effect. Right. Um, you know, whether or not I, I think you volunteer for, for, for fulfilled, correct? Um, I have, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, and 
you know, and as the need grows for services like that, we have this irony of like the inability of people to actually help support that more. So it's a, it's a, it's sad to hear, um, you know, that we, you know, we, it's hard time that it's difficult to sort of continue with the fundraising efforts, uh, at least for, and, for what, for and now. To that point though, like when I was working over at Fulfill, they were doing, to give them a quick plug, uh, they were doing um, crisis boxes for people specifically impacted by COVID. And that's what the volunteers were there for. Um, and in the three months at the time that I was there, they did something like 30,000 boxes that went out to different communities within Monmouth and Ocean County. And people say, wow, that's wonderful. And I think that's fantastic, but it's also sad in the same respect that there are 30,000 families who need that assistance right now. And that number, I think, continues probably to go up. Oh, yeah. yeah we, had, we had Kim on, and did she mention it might rise to 75, right? Or did I just misremember that maybe? Yeah, it's probably been about a month since I've been there. So, yeah, oh. I'm sure they're up. Yeah. Um, one of the things, Ryan, I wanted to talk a little bit about is, listen, the city, along with, I'm sure, many cities, shut down hotels, short-term rentals, you know, the logic being um, a couple of things. One, you know, early on in this pandemic, people were fleeing from high-risk places, and so we kind of had to counter that, and then um, avoiding crowds, you know, crowds that kind of come to our hotels. So we, you know, we, we did the ban on hotels and short-term rentals um, until about late June, June 25th-ish. And then, and then you kind of had to, you know, basically start to reopen. And how was that experience? Was that torturous? (laughs) Um, You know, the hotel wasn't the, the worst part of the different components that we have going on. Um, here we adapted pretty easily to that and we had plenty of time to do all the necessary cleaning and setup and everything like that that we were able to do Um, and certainly I understand the city's need um, to control the influx of people into the city so I've I've never I've never really argued with you on that point (laughs) no no you never did yeah, um, and I understand. And, and I'll be honest, no, uh, you know, JoJo, Asbury, no, nobody did. N- nobody, you know, uh, some of you called and said, can you go back to 100% capacity quicker than we had planned, which we mm-hmm. did, but nobody argued in the March, April, May time period that um, that we should not be, sh- you know, have you shut right. down. But my only issue throughout this whole thing um you know, has really been the disconnect in communication. I'm, I'm not saying Amy or the city of Asbury Park. I just mean in, on the state level probably has been the most difficult. Um, I've never had an argument about opening slowly. I think that's a smart thing to do. Opening safely, of course, is the right thing to do. Um, but it's just like they tend to give us information the last minute, you know, and it's like, okay, you can open tomorrow or you have three days to open like they did with the restaurants. You know, oh, you have 10 days to open. And then three days before they said, nope, you can't do that. So that's kind of where my fight has always been. It's just the disconnect in the communication. Yeah, the cities as well, Ryan, and the cities as well. The the indoor dining take back, for lack of a better word, was certainly puzzling to us. It remains puzzling to me why you can go to an indoor pool or you could have a wrestling tournament, but you can't have a salad inside Frank's. But putting a pin in that one for a minute. Um, like just like pools can open in three days and nobody Wait, gets a- like that. It takes more than three days to open a pool, people. I'm sorry. It takes uh, like six weeks to open up the yeah. pool. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Amy, that's why I, no, I was laughing because I was like, Amy, who eats a salad at Frank's? <laughs> True. That is true. Okay. Rightfully so. Right. Right. All you know who's going to eat a salad at Frank Joe? All of us who put on twenty pounds during COVID. We're all going to be walking in Frank's and be like, "Don't give me a sub. A salad with some um, oil and vinegar. Not even a not even a ranch dressing to be had." Yeah. Well, Red might actually refuse to service to be like, "That's it. Get out." Anyway, <laughs> um, well, you, think, so, you think red is bad. You haven't seen me as the waitress yet. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I want to touch on because you're taking over shit. So, so talk to us a little bit how, you know, Ryan, you were one of the people who kind of saw this coming, took care of your staff in, in the best way that you could. 
And, um, and now during the reopening process, figuring out how to, you know, either get them back or get new staff or trade new staff and just deal with all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's, I always say to people, I'm the person that if I'm in the airport and they say, we can't really board this flight right now. I'm not complaining about that because I don't think they just need to refuel. I think the wing is falling off and they're trying not to cause panic. So <laughs> Amy Quinn calls me and says, Ryan, like, you know, um, this is going to That's coming. <laughs> I, I listen, you know, so I, I've literally pulled my staff on Sunday night. I brought them all in the back. I said, consider yourself furloughed. Get on your phone right now and apply for unemployment. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. But guess what? My entire staff had unemployment the next day. And then, you know, my. And that was, da- that was days, if not a week before the total shutdown. It was two days before the shutdown. Two days before the shutdown, which, which I will say was integral because once the total shutdown hit, a number of friends of mine could not get unemployment. So Heather, who's the brains behind this operation, was mm-hmm. like, listen, set your alarm for 2.30 a.m., get up at 2.30 a.m. and apply for unemployment in that way because everybody between the hours of 8 and 8 p.m. were all applying for unemployment. So all of our friends that set an alarm for like 1 a.m. to apply actually ended up getting it because the hours with which you would normally apply were so inundated. Yeah. So you got your, so you were like, get unemployment and um, they got it. And I'm, I'm guessing for somebody like you who's had the same staff you don't have a lot of staff turnover. I've been seeing the same faces for years upon years. No. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had the same staff. Uh, you know, one of my servers has been here with me from the beginning, and it's 10 years. Uh, my chef has been here for eight years. I, I think the one person that's the newest has been here for a little over a year, and he only took over because my bartender got pregnant. See, this pregnancy thing, Amy, you got to stop it. I know. No, no, no more from me. I learned my lesson, Ryan. Um, and is your bartender, is your newest bartender Craig, who's been around yes. forever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Craig's yeah. been, uh, I knew Craig back from, Jesus, Brick Wall and Langosta. And then, and yeah, yeah he's been around forever. He's been Craig. Town. Yeah. And I worked um, with his um, mother forever. I don't know his mom. Yeah. She, her and I worked together at the Almali Pitcher. Um, No, Craig is the loveliest of lovelies um, and been in town and around town for a long time. And it's looking like super gorgeous lately, I gotta say. (laughs) Um, We should should have him on just to I digress. They said, Craig, let's talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we shut down hotels, we shut restaurants, shut down. Your staff got unemployment, which is a huge relief for, for, for you, knowing them for so many years and knowing that you're a, a place that doesn't have turnover. And then the reopening process starts. And, and how was that period? Uh, that's been one of the challenges because typically this time of year, um, we do what I call hiring up. So I'll get an extra person for the front desk staff. Um, and typically I, I staff up my pool area um, but I haven't been able to do that because hiring people right now is not easy. Uh, so right now, even though we're on limited capacity, the people that did come back that have been with me for years are taking on extra work. Um, so I have three front desk people, including myself in that. And typically I have four, but now we have to monitor and sit at the pool gate and watch everybody that comes in and out of there uh, and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And we're doing a lot more cleaning, not that we weren't clean before, but we're supposed to be cleaning doorknobs and banisters and all this other happy horse shit that, you know, nobody wants to ever do. Um, but it's, it, so it's been challenging and my restaurant's going to be the most challenging because we're going to begin opening up for lunch on Friday. Um, and I have two servers that do me forever and they're just afraid to come back. Hmm. Uh, they're afraid of getting sick. And that I will tell you, Ryan is consistent not just servers, but um, all of uh, businesses in Asbury, generally small businesses, are um, telling me that they can't get people back for a number of reasons. One being kind of fear, two being if there's another wave, I don't want to get on, get off unemployment and then have to get back on, you know, the federal benefits helping. Uh, I can't tell you, I would say at least a call a day and I, and I have no control over this. The, the city of Asbury Park has no control over this aspect of it, but a call a day on how hard it is to get staff back 
back to work, which you, you know, you also understand their concerns as well, yeah. right? Absolutely. But I'm lucky. Like I said, I, these people are family to me at the time specifically. And it's like, I know no one's trying to bullshit me. You know, so like that, the conversations we have are earnest conversations and, and I trust them and I believe that, you know, they'll come back when they're capable of coming back. And until then, I just got to work a little bit harder. Yeah, we're but, seeing a little bit of that at, at my work too also as we talk about. So even though we're still working, the discussion about moving back into our offices is generating an enormous amount of anxiety, and rightly so, because they're closed spaces. You know, they're really hard to, even if you're wearing masks all day, you're really with someone in 10 foot spaces. And so it's freaking a lot of people out. So that would make sense that, you know, downstream effects and sort of all retail and restaurant pe- the employees would have similar. Art galleries. Um, I mean, across the board. Galleries. Very- yeah. Hey, you know what though, at this time, like I do really well in situations like this. And you know, if you don't have patience as a customer, and if you're like, it can't be considerate or compassionate at this point in time, then I don't even need you here. Like you can pick up your stuff and go because um, mm-hmm. we're working with limited like resources and we're doing everything we can. And by and by, we're all working outside in hundred degree fucking weather, wearing mm-hmm. a goddamn mask and gloves. The least you could do is put your freaking mask on when you walk in the door. <laughs> and are you having trouble with people putting their mask on when they come in? You know what? And, in honesty, here specifically, I haven't had much issues. I One instance for myself personally where I actually kick somebody out um, for that has happened. Um, but then you go to the 7-Eleven and it's like, what are you guys doing? Seriously, you can't put a mask on for 10 seconds while you come in to buy a pack of cigarettes. Like, stop it, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And what is managing your pool like? Because holy Toledo, especially um, during the last heat wave in the last week. You know what? The customers have been really considerate and gracious. Oh, nice. You know, it's the same for us in regard to us having the same staff. We see a lot of the same regular people for the restaurant, the hotel, and the pool. So a lot of these people that come to the pool are industry people. So they're well-behaved. They, they know the rules. They abide by the rules. They're like, do you need any help? I'm like, thank you. You know, so they've been really, really gracious. They don't want this taken away from them. You know, for them to be able to come out the day at the pool, they're happy to beat the hell out of their house. <laughs> and are you doing any dinners there now or no? I'm not doing dinner. Uh, you know, we've only done dinner service, Joe, for the past 10 years. Uh, fortunately, I don't think it's going to be something that would work for us doing it outdoors because of the type of food that we serve. Mm. Also, outdoor space doesn't lend itself to that. And we don't have any lighting outside. So, um, you know, that's been the question with everybody, but they don't really understand the logistics of it. But right now we're going to try this lunch thing and see how it works. You know, I want to get my chef back to work. I want to, you know, get food in people's mouths again because it's been way too long. Did we lose a... a... Oh, I think my... my, my, uh... Streaming froze for a minute there, so I was like, "What's going on?" Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, I, I don't have bad bandwidth. Oh, we'll have to cut that part out. Sorry. Um, I um. Oh, now I can't remember what I was going to say. Well, I was going to say, in terms of like the hotel industry, what like describe? Are you so? I feel like you over the years have pa- a packed small boutique hotel. Uh-huh. Now, um. And are, are you seeing people coming? And if you are seeing people coming, it sounds like they're behaving when they come? They, people are coming. Uh, what we've been doing, and I have to say this, that you know we're only a 20-room hotel, so not to dog anyone else, but I think we have the capability of having a little bit more control over the people that we have come here. We also have control over the communication that we have with the guests. We're not massive like the Berkeley or the Asbury is. So, you know, for them, I, I have sympathy for them right now because I can't imagine what they're going through. Uh, but that said, um, yeah, the people have been really, really respectful um, when they come here because we have conversations with them one-on-one about what they need and what they can't have or can't do. And we've been honest with everybody and been like, hey, listen, you make your decision. You know, you want to come to Asbury and risk the fact that you might not be able to go to the beach or, you know, you might not be able to go out to eat because of the weather. That's up to you. 
you know, so people have been grateful for that. And I'm finding that most people just want to get the hell out of their house. Right. No, agreed. So, so when people are calling, you're kind of going through what the rules and, you know, what, what they have to go through in order to get a room to stay over. And, and that's kind of to manage expectations. Yeah, and we're, and we're giving them all the information about Dipley and the app for the beach badges and all the information about going out to eat. We're having all those one-on-one conversations with them, you know, because nice. that that helps us too, because then we don't have people showing up here yelling at us because they can't go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to give an example on that. So this morning I did a Channel 12 interview and I did a 1010 Wins interview, and both times I had to... Um, make a point to acknowledge that yelling at our beach staff because we've sold out of beach badges does you no good. And, and if I have the ability to keep track of who you are, I'll make sure you never get a beach badge. (laughs) But um, I don't have that ability, unfortunately, but you know, what, what, um, what we're seeing is similar to what you're saying, Ryan, because we don't have that ability. And I want to be kind to the people kind of coming, right? So you're, you're in New York or Brooklyn or wherever, and you've packed up your kids and you've driven two hours down here and you've talked about getting on the beach and you have your boogie boards and you have your swimmies and you get here and you can't get a, a beach badge. And the one thing I would say is it's a pandemic. Why didn't you check Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, our, our website, anything to find out how you get a beach badge when, when you eventually get down here. But but if you if you didn't and 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 nobody's their best self right now during this pandemic, you've gotten down here, you've gotten up to the 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 hut where you're getting the badges, and then you start freaking out on our beach staff, which is yeah, it's not fair. It's really really irritating for for us, at, you know, on a council level, on a on an administrative level, particularly because uh, the people working, um, in the beach huts who are giving out the badges have no say how many people get on the beach, right? It's kind of a policy issue from the council and then the beach utility and they decide, well, we can, we can, the council says we can have up to say 10,000 people on the beach. We normally have up to 20, but let's say we say you can put 10,000 people on this beach and we've only ever put 6,700 at this point. But what happens is, Joe, you know, Joe Bonge says that we can put another, you know, 100 or 200 on first, second or third app. And so screaming at our, our, our people in, in, you know, in the, in the huts and giving out the badges is, does you no good, whether you're frustrated or not. So it just, it it doesn't do you a lick of good. The pandemic is not restricted to Asbury Park. The pandemic is literally around the world right now. And if you are traveling, if you're doing anything, if you're just going out to dinner, you got to do a little bit of due diligence and that's on the person. You know, we all have cell phones right now. You can go online, you can figure out where the hell you need to go. I mean, I don't go to Georgie's without checking your Facebook page to find out what's going on if their hours have changed. And I'm a local here. So it's like, come on guys, you got to do a little bit of due diligence. People aren't. <laughs> I have a question from, a, from an audience say, member. Hold on. <laughs> people aren't doing the due diligence and then they are taking it out on our lovely, lovely beach staff, many of which are like, you know, some of them are kids. So they, they don't, you know, just awful. Um, yeah, you made this 16 year old girl cry. How do you feel about yourself, Boomba? I know, like, right? Like, dude, come on. <laughs> It's sold out. Like, I don't care who you are. You could be Bruce Springsteen. It doesn't matter. We're sold out. It is what it is. I can't believe I'm Um, actually going to say this out loud, though, Amy. I kind of miss the days where people were screaming at me, checking in because they couldn't find a parking spot. (laughs) Really? Well, I'll tell you what I don't miss. Back to those days. BC before COVID. I miss those days. So I sit on 5th and 3rd. I I vacillate back and forth. And, you know, 2019, you couldn't move on 5th. You right. couldn't take a step on fifth without running into somebody else. So at least now, you know, you can actually kind of get up from your seat and move around and, and people. So I'm going to jinx myself when I say this and I'm, I'm <laughs> going to absolutely jinx myself by saying this, but Asbury's beaches have not been overrun. They've not been overcrowded. We've never had more than, you know, 6,700 people on them. And we can in a normal year put, 20 or 30,000 on them. 
So, so we've been great with that. And I have to be honest, even our businesses have not done, you know, we haven't had major complaints, both in the waterfront downtown um, and our hotels, we have not had major complaints. So, uh, you know, I joke that Asbury's is kind of wild child of Monmouth County, because we're this progressive little town in this very Republican County, but um, (laughs) across the board, you know, one of the reasons we went to battle with the governor trying to get guidelines for indoor restaurants was because we felt really passionate that, you know, we have a few problem child restaurants or bars, but we have an overwhelming amount of people who will take this very, very seriously. And if you say that they can only have 25% capacity, they'll only do 25% capacity. Well, I kind of feel that the restaurant industry is sort of the economy of Asbury Park. And you can correct me if you you know feel otherwise, but there's, we're inundated with restaurants and bars. And if you start to see those close, it's, it's, going to change the dynamic of Asbury Park as we know it. I really do believe that. I, I think it's been really, really hard balancing um, what every, what all, all the industries, and again, I'm going to give Asbury credit that there's a diversity of industries, um, what all the industries in Asbury Park need in trying to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been hard, certainly, as a, a member of the council um, and required a lot of kind of you know, thought on how, how can we make um, brick wall happy and paranormal? And how can we mm-hmm. make interwoven happy and brandos? And how can right. we make um, parlor and hotel ties? Like, how can we make, you know, what policies do we need to pass to make everybody happy? You know, the truth is we're probably not going to, none of us are going to be happy until... No, none of you are happy. Well, I can assure you that, Ryan... <laughs> Yeah, you have to know where to place your anger, you know, and and I said that for anybody who's also in the same business as me right now that might be shaking her head or screaming. Um, But, you know, I've never once picked up the phone. I've called Amy and said, hey, can I bitch to you for a second? Uh, But I never bitched at her because I I, I don't want Amy Quinn's job. I don't want John Moore's job. Um, They have a lot of tough decisions to make. And I, I certainly understand that. And I'm here to work with you. I'm just, you know, sitting back trying to like just do my thing and do my job but you have to know where to direct your anger you know there came a point too where i tell you amy where i was frustrated you know i was um i was giving out governor murphy's phone number when people would call they said when are you opening again i said i don't know ask phil and they said who's phil i said here's his number he's the governor of new jersey if you find out any information you call me <laughs> well, well, I think I think everyone has. Uh, there's a lot of where the uh, in, restaurants are a prisoner of uncertainty, right? Because as, as the science of the illness progresses, they you know they discover a lot about its nature. So outside transmission maybe not so bad, but you know the data on inside transmission when you're sitting in proximity is bad. And so they're like, we don't know how to handle this yet, and it just the hammer falls right on the um, the hospitality industry hardest, you know, and I, um, and there's no making it better for you. Uh, you know, uh, but you know, this might be, um, I wanted to talk about the bill that uh, Steve Sweeney has uh, sponsored, exa- you know, trying to generate some relief money for this exact issue. Trying to, you know, um, you know, I was just going to look at, I had it bookmarked before, but as we were Is this talking, the bill trying to reimburse restaurants who tried to, yes. when he gave the, yeah, the false so start, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a good bill. I don't, I don't really think that's the answer. But I think you know, if if you gave a date and that and that date was now wrong, he, here's what I'm going to say again, and and what has been puzzling for this council: uh, indoor pools, which I'm going to be honest, are gross in a non-pandemic, right? Like, let's talk about germs in indoor pools because they appear to be everywhere. <laughs> And I don't want to put down indoor pools. There's none in Asbury. It's an election year. (laughs) Um, There's no indoor pools in Asbury. And I want to talk about, he just did wrestling. He did football and he did cheerleading. And I want to again describe why I'm puzzled as to why 25% indoor capacity at a restaurant is different, so drastically different that we can't do it than, than wrestling somewhere without a mask. And 25% for us, like, specifically would be, like, 12 people. If you have 12 people in this space, I think and you're mo- And that's it. most places, Ryan. That's most places. But, it's, but if you have outdoor or you have a pool and you can, you know, bring a couple people in if it rains and, and seat them, 
squared apart or, you know, I'm just absolutely, and, and again, I, I don't have epidemiologists and scientists at my um, fingertips. So maybe there is some sort of data that's sitting at a table five or 10 feet apart from somebody else is extraordinarily dangerous. There may, there absolutely may be data that says that. No, I, but Amy, that's the issue. There is data because what happens in a restaurant is we take our masks off, right, right. to eat. And we're right next to each other for 15, 20, 30 minutes. Whereas in the stores, we're masked up and online and moving and there's lots of air. So it's, I mean, it doesn't but make it any better. you don't think in an indoor pool that you're breathing and huffing and puffing in a way that would be problematic? Yeah, I don't know. Last, I can't remember last time I was in an indoor pool. But yeah, I think you're right. Like that's, that's where, because I know all the other sports are outside practice only. Right. So like, for example, football, they can do it, but they can't practice inside cheerleading outside. Wrestling doesn't make sense because they have, I guess they're wrestling outside. Maybe they are, but they're still getting close to each other. They're still getting close to each other. Yeah. But um, there's no, there's no, there's no remedy for it. That makes it easy. Right. There's a, there's a, I think a little, so the the idea is how do you keep these restaurants afloat? Like as Ryan pointed out, like the majority of the small businesses in in, in Asbury are, are, are hospitality. Right. And, how do we make it through October, November, January, March We're to the next summer session? Right. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, people say, you know, are you going to be okay? Um, and for us specifically, <clears throat> when we went into this situation, we were in a really good space. Um, and you know why we were? That's because we were a mainstay. We've been here for 10 years. We have a reputation. We have a solid clientele. That doesn't apply to most restaurants. And that does, certainly doesn't apply to all the restaurants within Asbury Park. Um, you know, so can we stay afloat? Can we reopen? Yeah, we're going to have no issue in that. Our problem is going to be October, November, December, where we lost all this money for the past few months that we're never going to make up. That money lost that carries us through the winter is when we're going to be fucked. <laughs> right. So you're repeating what, what I would say the majority of restaurants are telling me. And I'll be honest with you, retail was already in bad shape to begin with, with Amazon and everything else. So when we had Bianca on from Interwoven, like retail was already having to reinvent itself to stay afloat. So this just being an added kicker to that. Um, uh, but what I am hearing basically is that um, I'll squeeze through the summer, um, but but come fall and winter, I can't promise that I'll remain. I and, and that's really heartbreaking across the board. Galleries. You know, all, all of that across the board is um, that all it, it's heartbreaking. September, if we, I, I guarantee you, I'll put money on it that if we don't see 10 to 15 restaurants closing down, I would guarantee it. Now, once this, because people don't realize, they think that outdoor dining is saving everybody. One takeout did absolutely nothing for us. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the terms of the PPP loans, bringing people back and paying them to do absolutely nothing, that did nothing for us. Um, doing the outdoor dining is quadruple the amount of work for a quarter of what you would normally make inside. So right. people have this idea that, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I supported this restaurant because I did takeout one night. I, I love you and thank you for that. And I think that's fantastic that you feel that way. But it's not helping us. You know, and I, I bet you if you talk, I'm sure you talk to restaurant owners all the time, they're going to tell you the same thing. You know, we get a many of the restaurant owners were doing it to keep their um, workers employed, right? That was they weren't doing it that they were making a profit. They were doing it to keep their staff, um, you know, making a little bit of money. And we're working out in the heat now. We got to walk, you know, ten extra miles to get to the kitchen. I mean, look at Brando's. They're wrapped around the corner outside. I'm like, what waitress or server? I'm sorry, politically incorrect. <laughs> what sir? I'm old. What server is walking a half a mile to bring you, you know, your three plates of food? I was like, this is insanity, you know. But I mean, it's, I guess we have to do what we have to do right now. So, but it's it's not what people think it is, and no, it's not saving the restaurant industry. Yeah, no, listen, I think we're all just trying to survive this in some capacity or another, whether it's education, Joe, government with me, hotel with you, but we're all just looking to survive. So we don't have that much more time. So I, I'm going to go, can we, can we go funner? Let's go a little lighter and funner. <laughs> yeah. The two places that have kicked me out because I have a kid. <laughs> Tithes, 
Anchors Bend. Uh, Amy, I'm going to join you. Tides is the only bar I've been thrown out of. Um, <gasps> now, not for, for misbehavior. Did you try to sneak a kid into their pool too, Joe? No, we, we had friends from out of town and we had last call. You know, it's a hotel, not a regular bar. So we're sitting on the porch after the hotel. Like, they're like, okay, we're, we're closed now. Goodbye. And we're sitting on the porch. So you can stay on the porch, but we had a friend. Uh, we had a friend who she can't be quiet. And so eventually Ryan's evening caretaker came out. I was like, okay, you guys got to go. <laughs> so, and we hadn't, we hadn't finished our drinks yet. So, you know, Amy, the two of us, uh, the only place. Hey, you yeah. are the only person who's been on this podcast, Ryan, who has managed to kick both of us out of your hotel. All right. No, wait. I, I thought this was going to be fun now. <laughs> yeah, no, right, right. Now, right. Now we're, now we're interrogating you. So, <laughs> Um, um, let's say that Amy makes it sound like I physically picked her up and threw her. I know because that's that's a way funnier story. <laughs> I did not. It was uh, one of my employees had an issue with a kid. They didn't know who Amy was. And I'm like, oh my god, that's Amy Quinn. Like <laughs> you can't be. Serious. But you know, when they were like, get out, I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and the worst part of that is, I went to another poll of an arch nemesis of mine and then had a wonderful time, which I then proceeded to text Ryan about how he made me have a really I'm lovely time. time at another the COVID thing is over. Um, Jensen should probably be 21 by that point. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be more than welcome to come here. Um, yeah. So um, now that you're what? not drinking and you're only drinking club soda, you're more than welcome to come anytime. Um, our club soda now mm -hmm. is about fifteen ninety nine a glass. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Well, we, you know, we used to, uh, yeah, and I would drink all of your limes too. I, I, so I used to tell the bartenders like, no, save your prep, like, because I will just keep being you. Um, no, we we still, you know, uh, we moved a couple. We still live around the corner and spend a lot of time there. But and I still like to go to the Thais prior to this, and so it's a terrible. Like, it's one of our go-to places. So I wish it's a real shame. I think last time we were there, Rita had a couple of drinks and then asked Craig if they could be best friends. And Rita never. <laughs> she's like, I think we can be best friends, and she doesn't like anyone. So it's amazing. I was, I was like, oh, that's interesting to see. Like, you know. <laughs> okay, we're lightening things up again, sort of. Right. Um, places that were in Asbury and that are now gone. Ryan, that you miss, and you can just name one. Oh God, that are gone that I miss. Um, I can't think of anything, Amy. Oh wow. Okay, so there was this that well, we talk about a few like Goodfellas, uh, Odd Fellas was a place that I liked. A place called Anybody. Do you remember Anybody's? Was that before you died? No, no. I, no, I've only been here a gay bar. Years. Okay. Well, people think I've been here a lot longer. Do you know what I do miss? That freaking diner that used to be on the um, the boardwalk that had that never had food. Uh, I want to say it was called the Tides. Actually, it was where Stella Marina is now. The diner that was on. Like never I walked had. in there one day, like, and I was like so hungover, and they didn't have like OJ. And uh, I like I was that person. I'm like, how do you not have OJ? <laughs> 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 and the freaking like server, like, or somebody went to like Seven Eleven and got OJ. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I was like, am I that terrible? Like, I'm a Karen? I was Karen before Karen existed. <laughs> Karen, Karen Jimenez. So. Yes. Um, what was it, Stella before Stella? God, I'm not even sure I remember. It, it was like, a, it was called, it's, I think it was called The Tides. It was just a, that was a, literally the only thing on the boardwalk at that time. Wow, I don't remember. And you, do you remember Aqua? That was, yeah. um, do you remember? I don't miss them. <laughs> um, and, and by and by, the anchor bend is not there anymore. So maybe you can try again with um, Jensen. I'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> and anchor, anchor's bend was the worst because, like, I had asked, I said, can I have my kids down here? Um, can I, I was with friends who also had kids. So there was all, there was like six of us thrown out of there. Um, <laughs> and I was like, can I have my kids down there? can I have my kid down there? And they were like, sure you can, sure you can. And then they eventually were like, you can't have kids down here. And we were like, well, okay, all right, all right. You know, and listen, <laughs> I'm in office, so I just say, okay, of course. You know, if I wasn't in office, like would I, not that I would be a jerk, but I would just be like, you know, I did 
double check that. But when you're in office, you're just like, okay, of course, no problem. It's like when people pull me over, thank you for this ticket. I appreciate that because I'm never going to be the person on camera who's like, do you know who I am that you're giving me this ticket? I just say, thank you. If you want to give me another ticket, that's okay. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, tell the truth, but you want to say that, right? You're like, don't you know? Of course, uh, there's so many <laughs> things I want to say, Joe. You know, don't you know who I am? Uh, um, well, have I you seen? You, I... Well, no, no, I don't want to say, don't you know who I am? But I do want to be like, you know, I checked before we came down and, and was told that was fine. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Oh my God, my! If I was ever a person who had the personality that was like, do you know who I, I am? Yeah, for those of you who are listening, I'm just kidding. I I know in advance that that's not something really that Amy would dabble in or want to. So I don't want to. I don't want your enemies to uh, take take this and run. Ryan's at work, by the way, so he had a yes, directing to people to rooms. <laughs> Sorry about. Um, okay. Should we do our? Should, should we do our class? I just said I look forward to throwing people out again when we can get back. <laughs> yeah. It's not as much uh, fun throwing people out when they're outdoors. It makes no sense. I can't be as dramatic as I like to be. It's like kicking kids off your lawn. Like, you get know. out. <laughs> You're already out. <laughs> I've opened the gate for you to walk out of. I can't no find out. This gate is still no open. <laughs> it really, it's, it's, it's terrible to be a gay man in this pandemic. I can't even storm out appropriately. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> okay, la okay our, our, our last couple of questions, um, and I don't know if I texted these to you, so you might be thrown off. Favorite movie? Uh, my Best Friend's Wedding with Julia Roberts. I'm dating ah, myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, that, you're, that's a first. We just had... Um, Freehold director Tommy Arnone on, who was like, we were like favorite movies, like Rocky. <laughs> First of all, he answered it without thinking. Yeah, it was just like it was like he he was like unequivocally, I got my favorite was, movie. It, it also it was also like kind of like uh, he was like Rocky, like duh, like of course, right? You you morons! Have you <laughs> not seen Rocky, you idiots? No. I watched that recently again, and I was like, this is a good movie. I forgot. I had forgotten. I have to say, you know what I watched recently again? Um, War of the Roses with um, Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. I mean, yeah. it must, it's on Hulu or something, but it's, you know what? You know, there's sometimes there's some movies that don't age well. Like you watch them again and you're like, why did I think this was great? Um, War of the Roses actually still is an amazing, amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite TV series, Ryan? Oh, favorite TV series. I have so many. Um... Oh, let I, me know which ones because I have nothing I'm watching that's interesting these days. You know what? It, it's gonna. I'm gonna sound so pitiful. I like. I still watch like Grey's Anatomy. It's been on for like 18 years. Oh my years. god! And I've well, they had a, okay. I can't believe I just said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and your favorite book, Ryan? Oh, I don't read. Okay. Yeah, it's it's sad. I I, I haven't read a book since college. I certainly haven't read a book during this pandemic. That's for sure. I okay. We do, in case anybody's judging me right now. <laughs> we, may, we may test you, Ryan. No. Um, so one conversation that I have to bring up is, and um, I don't know that you give a shit about assless chaps, but when I first moved here like 15 or 20 years ago, there were so many assless chaps at the gay pride parade. Uh -huh. And then over the years, it, became more family friendly, which I should be more appreciative of, um, right? Having, having a baby and all. Um, but I actually miss the overwhelming amount of assless chaps that existed during Pride and that was at Georgie's and was around. Is that something you're um, down with or are you like, ugh, the assless chaps? No, no, absolutely. I'm all for you people. You love the assless chaps. Yeah, you, you wear what you want to wear. You know, it gives me more material to make fun of you if I don't like it. If I do like it, I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, so, so we ordered you assless chaps. They're right out your front door right now. <laughs> looking, no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I want to see how far I can take that I would put them on and parade down <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, Joe, do you have any more questions? Are we, we, are, are we at 45? Because my clock says 45. Okay. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're good to go. Thank you, Ryan. I know, I know you were working. I know you had to squeeze us in. Um, I think you're amazing. Before we end, can we just talk about some of the fundraisers that you weren't able to do just to 
um, plug a little bit about it. I, obviously, I know Pink Prom, but do you want to talk about some of the fundraising that are near and dear, near and dear to you? And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, because I know you won't, what a huge community activist you are in Asbury Park, um, that you are at the forefront of progressive causes and always raising money um, uh, for causes that are near and dear to you. So we just talk uh, about the three or four that are that you've had to not have and that are near and dear to you? Um, well, we typically do a fundraiser every year by the pool uh, for the center here in Esbury Park, which is an organization that deals with HIV and AIDS and housing, um, amongst a thousand other things that they do. Uh, and we've done that for the past six years, and we haven't been able to do that this year. Um, also, it's a fundraiser by the pool for the Pride Network. Um, and then we've done, we missed a fundraiser for Project Real, uh, which is the, what I call the Gay Youth Center here in Asbury Park, but it goes well beyond that. They do a lot more work than that um, there. So those are the three that I've missed. And I also, which was really upsetting, was not being able to do the memorial this year um, right. in Kendall Memorial Park um, for the pulse victims. So that was disheartening not being able to do that this past June. So which is an event you do every year. You were integral the first year. Um, and just a reminder to everybody, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting, um, mm -hmm. Asbury Park planted trees in remembrance of every one of the victims in that. And every year Ryan organizes a memorial for that event. Mm -hmm. um, and you didn't do Pink Prom. Isn't that usually May? Am I getting my days mixed up? You're right. I did not do Pink Prom. We moved Pink Prom to September 25th. Okay, okay, oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that that still might be able to happen, but I probably won't make a decision as to if that's gonna actually occur until mid-August. And then what about cupcakes? Uh, or... Um, it's gonna be in October. Okay. I'm sorry, Amy, what was that last part? That I, what, are, what are cupcakes? <laughs> he wants a cupcake, obviously. What is it? <laughs> yeah, what, no, was it? What, was that a fundraiser? I, I, I missed part of that. We do a, what's called the cupcake bake-off um, every year. Okay. Where people enter um, cupcakes, um, and we change the charities every year. Last year was for the California wildfires, um, and the year before that was for Puerto Rico following Hurricane Maria. So this year it'll probably be for Ryan Jimenez and Amy Quinn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if, if people uh, want to find out about Hotel Tides, what is the uh, website where they can find you? Um, our website is hoteltides.com. And we also are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's a great place. If you haven't been for, um, to visit, it's off the beaten path a little bit. Um, it's in a nice, quiet neighborhood. It's a great, um, great staff. Great, um, you know, um, so I was stalking uh, you right before we went on. I came across your Instagram. You, you pictured a post. Uh, you posted a picture of Saint the Saint Laurent from back in the day recently, and I swear the porch looks exactly the same from what eighteen. What year is that? Eighteen ninety five. Eighteen ninety five to you know two thousand twenty. Yeah, it's the I'm same porch. The <laughs> you're you're in the picture. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's there too. He's from the area. <laughs> um, so it, you're really, it's a great place. It's a beautiful hotel, beautiful space. And we're looking forward to being able to be inside there soon. Uh, it couldn't be nicer. Uh, and restaurant, if you're opening up for lunch, I would, uh, on Fridays, you know, people should stop by. The food has always been great there. Um, can't and thank you, Ryan, because I know you don't love doing these things. And I know you don't love, um, I know, I know you don't, but I want to thank you for doing this. Yeah. And I want to thank you for doing the MSNBC thing that I talked to you to doing that you and Caroline I told were amazing. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. 